switched on on FM 104 and Artemis is the name of NASA's programme to return astronauts to the lunar surface going forward to the moon to stay. And we're joined by lecturer in physics at TU Dublin and PhD candidate in space science at MTU, Kevin Nolan. Hello. Hello. Nice to be. Nice to meet you. And thank, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you very much for chatting to us. So where did this programme first begin? Yeah, well, again, uh, as, as you pointed out, the name is Artemis mm-hmm. and Artemis is actually in mythology, the twin sister of Apollo. And as we all know, know, and most of us agree, that we sent people to the moon in the 60s and the early 70s through the Apollo program. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that you know, the question has been kind of asked through the decades, what's taken so long to get back? And the thing is, is that... Um, extraordinarily it was so expensive to go in the 70s to put things in context each single apollo launch of the saturn 5 rocket in today's terms was 24 billion dollars which was about the size of ireland's uh, gdp at the time so that's how expensive it was and it wasn't sustainable so what's kind of happened in the recent decades there have been many false dawns we had the shuttle which would go into earth orbit but in the last say 10 years maybe 15 years, the likes of NASA and other countries have figured out how to do that scale of thing, getting people into deep space, into the moon, but for about a tenth of the cost. And that's why it's kind of happening again now. It's vastly cheaper and it's more repeatable and more sustainable. I saw there online on Sunday that the crew are getting ready to fly to the lunar surface, to the moon, and they're going into training for this. So this yeah. has happened before once, but without a crew, right? That's right. Artemis 1 launched last year, November last year, and it spent 25 days. Go- um, they launched the gigantic uh, space launch system, this 35, 36-storey rocket. Uh, you know, um, and uh, in fact, then the piece on top is called the uh, command module, and that was built by Europe, by the way. So the bit that gets the astronauts eventually from Earth orbit over to the moon is built in Europe Amazing. and there will be Irish scientists and engineers working on that for Airbus and companies like that mm-hmm. and then the, the the amazing kind of the, the, the pointy bit at the top is called the Orion uh, capsule now that's really sophisticated so this is a whole new kind of um, kind of capsule spaceship really small spaceship that can get astronauts out beyond the moon even for 25-30 days at a time and so they wanted to test all that technology last year it was it, it worked with great success mm-hmm. so you're absolutely right the four astronauts that will fly to the moon uh, and that's slated for november next year 2024 and they're actually got them here reed wiseman uh, victor glover uh, christina koch and james J- jeremy hansen they're four astronauts chosen um to go to the moon and circle it in november 2024 they won't land on the moon but you're absolutely right in the most they are now in training for artemis 2 to launch in november 2024 and that will garner huge global attention because it's the first astronauts go to go beyond the earth's orbit since 1972 when the last astronauts went to the moon so we're literally talking 52 years since anybody went beyond their orbit it's wow. happening next year that is pretty so impressive new- yeah it is, yeah. And they'll spend 10 days, they'll orbit the moon, about I think about 10 times, and then come home and splash down in the Pacific, uh, the Pacific Ocean. And then that's in preparation for what's called Artemis 3. And this is where they'll then put two astronauts on the lunar surface. Now, that's slated for 2026, but it's dependent on SpaceX building a, a very sophisticated lunar lander called the, uh, the Human uh, Space System. And it's, it's a, a modification of their starship. Now, 
I personally would doubt they'll have it ready by 2026. But however, that's a detail. We're doing this. We're going back. It'll definitely happen before the end of the decade. Let's put it that way. And like all the contracts are signed, they're working towards this. So it's a very exciting program underway to get people back onto the moon yeah. within the next maybe five, six years. What sort of training are the crew looking at? So, I mean, the, the training that, that the crew will have to go through is absolutely far reaching. I mean, each of them has their own technical roles. And we're talking about an extraordinarily technical rocket here, not just involved in, say, for example, instrumentation for science, but also for navigation, for orbiting the moon, splashing down Earth. They'll all have to train on that. But of course, they all have to train extraordinarily well for the conditioning of space, because unlike even going to the International Space Station, which is in Earth orbit, which is demanding enough, they're going to blast out of Earth's influence and be completely on their own and have to live and basically survive on their own. If something goes wrong, they'll have to have their own wits about them to fix it and to solve it. So not only will there be that physical conditioning for you know for, for, for this journey next year, maybe about 10 to 11 days, but in future missions, there'll be weeks on end. They'll be on a space station orbiting the moon, landing on the lunar surface, and there'll be the same astronauts doing this. Uh, so they have to do extraordinary, as I say, physical training and mental training for the psychology of all of that. Because what's clear even from listening to the Apollo astronauts is that that idea that they were leaving Earth and on their own was something that was qu- you know, quite uh, profound and very different to the sort of astronaut, um, uh, I suppose, um, um, experience that the International Space Station astronauts in Earth orbit feel. Mm-hmm. So the, the training they'll undergo is far reaching from every side, the science, the technology, the, the physical training and the mental conditioning as well. I'm assuming our it's, technology it's, has probably moved on quite a bit since since the first time it was tried. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I, I mean, the Orion spacecraft they're in, they could basically survive in it beyond the Earth for a month or more. Right. And they, it, it's, it's, too, it's not only to do with computer technology. And of course, we're all nearly a bit tired at this stage of hearing AI, <laughs> but they will be AI assisted. And even when astronauts land on the moon, they'll have robots that are artificially intelligent to assist them in everything from carrying loads to scouting ahead of them. There's a little rover on Mars called Perseverance at the moment with a little helicopter called Ingenuity that's AI controlled and flies ahead of the rover and then comes back and then informs the rover where to go. And they've been testing that on Mars to help astronauts on the moon. So it's, I mean, we're living in an extraordinary era that, you know, it's almost touching the kinds of science fiction that we've Mm. been used to over the years that we're now starting to implement. And the difference between the Apollo era and this era is that, as I said to you earlier, it's a tenth the cost, it's it's sustainable budget-wise, and it's long-term. So NASA and Europe involved intend going back to the moon and being there forevermore. They intend sending at least one mission to the lunar surface every year for the foreseeable future. How long does it take to get there? Well, I, I mean, actually... For all of the advancements, it'll be about the same length of time to get there, about three days to get there. Wow. Now, we have sent space probes out into the air, uh, the, the solar system at speeds that passed the moon in eight hours, right? Wow. So the New Horizons space probe that went to Pluto passed the moon in only eight hours. When you think about that, that's a, that's length of a flight from, say, Dublin to San Francisco. Yeah, much, yeah. So we can... We can get there faster, but when you're carrying astronauts on payload, you don't want to do that. You want to do it a bit slower. So it's still two to three days to get there, spend your time there, and two to three days to get back. And uh, the astronauts are trained for that, so that's it's it's okay. And you did mention Mars. We are planning to go to Mars as well, aren't we? Indeed. So, yeah, so, I mean, I mean this... Uh, 
I, I suppose what, what we can say is while the money and the budget isn't there for a human mission to Mars, mm-hmm. what 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 the ambition and in fact the political ratification and that's the big difference between now and the past is that so in other words, if you think the European Space Agency, there are ministerial meetings every year or two and at ministerial level in Europe and also at Congress level in the US. And this is why you'll hear the likes of the president of the USA say in their speeches, we hope to send people to Mars because it's politically ratified. So what they're trying to do is approach this from three perspectives. To get people to Mars, it's like, say, five people for a 900-day mission. It's a much bigger thing. Mm -hmm. So people in the International Space Station, we're learning how to put people in space for a year or more and understand how people live in space. And that's what we've been doing. Then we've been sending our robots, our AI rovers to Mars to figure out how to get to Mars and come back. And then the Artemis mission to the moon and to build the Lunar Space Station is to figure out how can we send people into deep space and what sort of habitats do we need to build. And so what, what they're hoping is, is that by around the mid 2030s, really, and this is not science fiction, this is the real aspiration, they can bring those three things together, our experience from the International Space Station with our robotics on Mars and the Artemis mission, and then SpaceX are coming in with much bigger and, and powerful rockets as well to bring the commercial sector in on this, and then see, can we actually bring together the first human missions to Mars, which would be quite extraordinary, frankly. But that's what the hope is. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Would you go if you were offered a, a space to go? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it's, a, it's a lovely question to ask. I don't know where, if you're aware of two Irish people who aspire to be astronauts, Dr. Nora Patton and Dr. Neve Shaw. They're yes. both engineers. And in fact, if Ireland ever has to have an astronaut, it has to be one of those two. They've dedicated their lives to this purpose. And I know them both really well. And it's funny, while I'm an astronomer all my life, I've never thought about going into space, whereas <laughs> Nora Patton, it's it's a passion. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to go, but I'll tell you this, there are other people like, as I say, Neve Shaw and Nora Patton, who would give their eye teeth to go because it's it's their drive and passion. And I think at this stage still, I, you know, my, my PhD supervisor and close friend, Dr. Niall Smith and MTU always says that, you know, astronauts are still a special thing because they they have to do things they got to survive they got to build things mm-hmm. you know it's a very engineering thing so we've had our little um, kind of uh, programs like Mars One where they've kind of asked the public where they like to go but you know what to go to Mars is not for the foolhardy it's not for the faint you can't just go it's just some, yeah. no you cannot <laughs> it has to be very special people and I think that's lovely frankly to think that it still would be the Neil Armstrong like yeah. people or in, indeed Christina Koch we got to mention by the way that Artemis was named because in Artemis 3, we want to put the first woman and the first person of colour on the moon to get rid of this notion that it's just, you know, white white men that go. Mm-hmm. And Christina Koch actually is a very special astronaut. She's already been in the International Space Station several times. And she did the first all-female spacewalk with her colleague Jessica Muir in 2020. So what, what I will say is um, she is the kind of astronaut who could go to Mars. And not to try and sound too 21st century man about this, but actually the first people to go to Mars will will be more of a crew of women than men because we already know that women uh, c- cope more with radiation than men do. And radiation is the, one of the biggest physiological problems we've got to handle. And the difference between women and men is actually quite substantial. So it will probably, yeah, it'll probably be a first woman on Mars and not a first man. So that's, that's kind well, of We look forward to so that. Maybe, so, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I, sure. I think like yeah. most of us then, we'll all be watching it from down here on planet Earth and just yeah. be amazed by what they find and, and all the information that we gather from it. Because I suppose that's probably partly what it's about as well, finding out more about what's out there that we don't know already. 
I agree. And do you know what? I hope that this whole new generation now love this and embrace it because it is cost effective. I know there's other priorities on Earth, but putting things in perspective, each space launch system launch is a tenth of the of the Apollo. And when SpaceX get involved, it'll be even more re- reusable. And like, so with it being taxpayers' money and, you know, it, it's our mission. It's not just those specialists. I, as a science communicator, I'm pains to say this. We should all take at least pride even if we don't all agree with it we should take pride in that humanity can achieve these wonderful things and these missions will be for everybody and by the way i should say on a pure pragmatic note the launch that takes place next year when they go around the moon and this is just november 2024 by the way so it's only over a year away they're going to be taking 4k video of the moon and bringing that back and releasing it so that will be available very quickly on the web so the images of the moon will be un precedented for the public to see almost live it will be mind-blowing for everybody to see and participate in excellent i can't wait kevin nolan thank you so much for taking the time for chatting to us my pleasure